0: Hello, and welcome back to the Performance Cycling Podcast. I'm Todd Norwood with Jason Hammond, and this is a Pre Lab. Hey, Todd. How's it going? Pretty good. What's on deck today, Jason?
1: So we're going to talk about a pretty cool study on keto adaptation for cycling. This may be a hint that further investigation is needed, but let's explore what the study went through. So it was 20 male endurance-trained athletes. Average age was 33 plus or minus 11, so pretty broad range of ages. Body mass was 80 plus or minus 11 kilograms, so maybe not, you know, the most so fit. Certainly on the bigger side for cyclists. Yeah, and um, the average BMI was um, 24.7 plus or minus 3.1. So you you would expect that uh, based on the the body mass values.
0: So otherwise, they were incredibly tall.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you had you either have an unusually tall group or you have um, you know a BMI that's close. So t- t- for for reference, twenty five is officially considered overweight, and there is ambiguity about you know BMI and muscle mass. But you know keep keep in consideration the the sort of the type of athlete that may be in this study. So they self selected the athletes self selected into two groups. One was high carb, the other one was low carb keto diet. And so the high-carb group, the only suggestion they gave was, you know, eat a lot of carbs. And for So that's the, your
0: that's your group, right, Jason? That's the one you would have self-selected yeah, into? Yes, so I would have
1: self-selected into the high-carb group. And the low-carb keto diet, they did some education for them on what a good keto diet is. And uh, I won't dive into that, and that's potentially why we may have a full episode. But the, the big point here is that they self-selected. And so uh, we'll get back to that. After uh, we talk about the results, so both groups they did twelve weeks of training at seven plus hours a week, and the they had a particular protocol, but the the authors said focusing on endurance, strength, and high intensity interval training. So it was a rounded approach; it wasn't just uh, zone two every day. But the before and after comparison that they did was a hundred kilometer time trial, and then Oof. yeah,
0: <laughs> that's, so, r- that's rough
1: they they also
0: did in a lab too right so the simulated one
1: yeah so that's um three hours at least um Mm -hmm. on a lab bike they did a six second sprint i believe that was in advance of the time trial and then they did a critical power test which initially i had assumed that that was an ftp test but actually it was basically the highest power you could you could do for three minutes and not only that it was done at the end of the 100-kilometer time trial. Oh, that's just
0: a, a lovely protocol. That's brutal.
1: Yeah, so the the athletes may have self-selected into their group, but they may not have self-selected into the study if they'd known that they had to do a 100-kilometer time trial into a three-minute three, three all-out power test.
0: But that that's a good test. That's not different than a race in some ways.
1: Yeah. So this is a great example of like a cat three race, a cat three road race to say, yeah, you have to do this time trial at moderate intensity. And then, yeah, the last three minutes involve uh, some sort of high intensity effort and and a sprint at the end. So looking at the results, body weight decreased for both groups in the high carb group, it decreased by 0.8 kilograms. And for the low carb keto diet group, it decreased by 5.9 kilograms.
0: Okay, Th- those are significantly different. I was going to say that the point eight kilograms, that might just be water weight on a given day.
1: Sure, but almost six kilograms in the uh, in the low carb keto diet That's, group.
0: That seems that seems like real honest weight loss. Yep.
1: Yeah. And so in terms of performance, there was no change in TT performance between the groups. So between groups or between before and after tests, they saw no difference. And The sprint power increased by 0.8 watts per kilo for the low-carb keto diet group. So normally you'll see sprint power values in 15 to 20 watts per kilo. So 0.8 is, you know, a 5% increase, maybe. Mm -hmm. And that was most likely due to their weight loss more than a power increase. And we could calculate that exactly uh, based on the average number of kilograms lost and, and the expected wattage and things like that. But it's not likely that they increased their sprint power. It's just that their watts per kilo increased because of the weight loss. And the high car group saw no difference in sprint power. That's also likely because they didn't lose weight. So we don't really see much of a difference in TT performance. We also don't see much of a difference in sprint power between the two groups. But the critical power test which is the three-minute all-out effort, was 0.6 watts per kilo higher for both the pre- and post-tests for the high-carb group. What does that mean? It's hard to tell, but it does appear that... So the pre-test and the post-test is before training and after training, using the diet. And so in terms of long-term adaptations, we saw the same... We didn't see a relative decrease in high carb versus low carb keto diet, but we did see more raw watts coming out of the high carb group. So you can expect a group that has more carbohydrate intake to do better on the the high intensity test. I think that makes sense based on the energy system that you're using, but you didn't see from training, you didn't really see an increase or decrease in the relative intensities.
0: Yeah, it also makes sense that the sprint power didn't change that's not really going to hit the carbohydrate utilization it's too short different energy system there and the long time trial i think the intensity wasn't high enough to draw primarily on exclusively on carbs certainly some carb utilization but it seems like maybe we could do it on fat as well
1: i think one big argument here with keto adaptation is if you don't have carbs, you you limit yourself, you limit the types of efforts that you can do. And I think they effectively showed that it doesn't really limit your really long distance performance, it doesn't limit your sprint endurance. There may be some issues with a 3 minute test. And one interesting note that is sort of makes the study a little more ambiguous is because they self-selected the low carb keto diet group had a BMI, uh, on average had a higher BMI by 1.7 points. That may be related to the total weight loss of the group because their BMI was higher. They may have had a higher body fat percentage. It may have been easier for them to lose weight relative to the high carb group, which may have been leaner. This study is largely kind of ambiguous. I think the biggest takeaway is you don't see too much of a performance decrement at sprinting and time trialing. You also may lose more weight on a low-carb keto diet, but this is not a conclusive study. You know, more research is needed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a couple methodological issues there that make it challenging to draw any meaningful conclusion from that, but certainly allows us to ask more questions, which is in part what good research should do.
1: Yeah, so based on this, I think it may be worth it to investigate further and see if there are other studies on keto adaptation. Hopefully. You can get some good information and present sort of what the diet entails, and also um, what some studies have found as potential benefits, and also maybe potentially some downsides. And this study is a good jumping-off point to start to think about how might a body change, and what should we do to like the weight loss is great, losing six kilograms uh, over a twelve-week training program. Uh, I would sign up for that for sure, but you know was that a true six kilogram weight loss or you know were they more easily predisposed to losing weight and were there actually performance benefits or sorry performance detriments because there may have been performance uh, drop-offs that weren't necessarily quantified by the study but it sounds
0: like if you were gonna build this in on top of your standard periodization during that base phase would be the right time to do it you might want to lose weight during that time And you're doing low-intensity riding, which using fat for is not that big of a deal. You're doing that anyhow. So there could be some interesting interactions with the normal training cycle here.
1: Hopefully we can report back with with more information on this topic. That's all we have for the lab today. Get out there and go ride your bike.